What would happen if you let students pick their own textbooks to improve themselves? See what books they chose and how it's impacting their lives coming up. Welcome to the Grit9 podcast. My name is Mark Suter. And for this technology and entrepreneurship class that we do a lot of the Grit9 work inside of, I could never find a textbook that I really, really liked. And so the students and I came up with an idea. Why not let them choose their own book? Choose a book from Amazon that is in the self-help section, something that's going to impact them personally, directly. And so that's what we did. And today, these are going to be the interviews of stories, what book they chose, a little bit about that book, and how it's impacting them. So I hope you enjoy these mini interviews, and we'll see you on the other side. All right, we're here live now with Carly. Hi. Carly, how are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm I'm doing pretty well. So you got to choose your own textbook, and you chose a great one. I chose How to Win Friends and Influence People. And I chose this book because all my life I've been awkward and I don't really know how to deal with people. So I was like, this is the perfect book for me. <laughs> and you know, this is a classic, right? This yes. is like on an all time list of yeah, must like, read books. Yeah. There was like one that in technology age too that I didn't get, but I want to get this. I want to get the technology one after I read this one. Excellent. Um, so. Give us just a quick overview of what is this book about? I mean, I don't have a whole lot of friends, and so this could be a good thing for me to learn. But why? Well, what is this book? It's pretty much a title, How to Win Friends and Influence People. And it goes into stories about how other people he knew won friends and influenced people. So, like, there's it's cut up into different parts like how to handle people how to make people like you and how to win people to your way of thinking and what a good leader offers so in the how to handle people does it go into any details about how to handle specific types of people no it's just kind of an overview like he's telling you how the best way how you can win a friend and how to handle people and the one thing i got out of it is that you need to give sincere and honest appreciation to people Hmm. like he goes in a story about how there was this girl who was she was she had a very good life throughout her life and then when she got older she became schizophrenic and Part of it is because she didn't believe she got enough appreciation hmm. in her earlier life. And the doctor thought that she was much, much more happier in her dream world where she got her fake appreciation uh-huh. instead of her fake world. And so she was much, much happier. And the doctor rather would have her crazy because she was like the happiest person on earth. Well, let me take this opportunity to tell you that I really appreciate you, you, Carly. Thank you. I appreciate all your opinions and your willingness to express them. Thank you. And I and get scared to express my opinions, but well, after a while, I'm just like, you know what? I just you get, you put yourself out there, and I think yeah. you do a good job of balancing um, when when to express those. Thank you. So, um. What is, give me an example. I'm, I'm looking for 
I mean, it's good to talk in generalities about what the book's about and stuff, but I'm really looking for well, an example of how you've used something from this okay. book. I saw my family this weekend, uh-huh. so it was Easter break over spring break. I saw my family, and I haven't seen my family for a while, and there's this one cousin that I'm not a big fan of. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I've never really liked her, and going into Easter, I was like, you know what, I have this book, I've talked to my therapist about therapist about it, so uh-huh. maybe I should just be nicer to her and actually try to be nice to her. Sure. And most of the time, I don't listen to her. Like, I figured out that maybe I should start listening to her if I'm going to be friends with her. So during Easter, I actually listened to her, and I realized me and her have some qualities that we have in common. Yeah. And those qualities are the qualities I don't like about myself. So maybe that's why I don't like her. Really? That's yeah. interesting. So that's one thing I did learn through this book. Well, I kind of learned it myself, but the book prompted me to be nicer yeah, right. to her. Yeah. yeah, Well, that's a great example. It is. And my grandma, like, my my grandma's a hard person to deal with. And so instead of blowing her off, I've learned that I need to be appreciative of her more often now so I so think is I, that 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 you just mentioned is that having to do with showing genuine appreciation yes. for people you learn that from them. yes okay. and people want to talk about themselves more than anyone else yeah so that's what i learned with my cousin that she just wants to talk about herself well it's enough about you i think we should yeah. talk more about me now okay what do you want to talk about what? <laughs> um, <laughs> no but that, those those are great examples and now i'm starting to think in the back of my mind who am I not showing appreciation for? Yeah. Like my family or friends, um, and he students. Goes, he goes on about, there's a story about a dog. And like the dogs are just there to give you unconditional love. <laughs> They're great that's, at that. That's what dogs are for. And I thought maybe I should just give people unconditional love like a dog. Because aren't, aren't dogs amazing at that? Yes. Like I know how happy I am with my dog. You could have a horrible day and you come home, the dog yeah. is just like, yes. But I break out for my dog, so like I can't kiss him. We just got to hug because oh, when, yeah. when he licks me, and he, that, he's a looker, so. <laughs> so you just, you love from a distance. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so are there, it sounds like there's almost parts in here that you think, man, I, I wish I would have known that before. And I mean, it's not that these are profound yeah. insights are almost common sense but to they read them sense. and know that these are principles and also it's kind of like a slap in the face like when you're reading yeah. some of the stories like you know what I in this situation I could have done this right as simple as these things are it comes across when you're reading it as well duh I should have known that but yeah, it's, it's just nice hearing it from someone else sometimes and one quote that really stuck to me is that people will cherish your words and treasure them and repeat them over a lifetime. People will remember your words over a lifetime and never forget them. And wow. I thought, yeah, like I remember the mean things I remember, but the nice thing is I remember even more. Yeah. Like when my mom was like, hey, you did go job on a test. Like that resonates me so much more than you did bad on a test. Yeah. I'd much rather be yeah. complimented on something I did well then right. yelled at oh, and he goes on a story like you shouldn't yell at your children like yelling at your children is not good you should rather compliment the things they did well and yeah. show them if they did wrong show them how to do it right next time don't criticize them yeah because no one wants to be because criticized. it sticks with them yeah yeah i try to do that with my own kids and i guess more relevant would be trying to do that with students is yeah pointing that out so 
Hopefully that I'm. Hopefully I'm doing. Do I do that? I don't know. I think you do. Yeah. Okay. Well, in our classes, I think you yeah, do. Sure. Yeah, sure. Well, great. Is there anything else that you want to add? No, not really. Okay. I think this book has helped me in a lot of ways. Well, I hope that it continues to yeah. influence you as you learn to influence others. And uh, I'm learning it for the friend part. Yeah. <laughs> Good. Yeah. We'll use that too. So thanks for being on, Carly. Okay, thank you. It's great having you. And now here we are with Connor. And Connor, tell us about the book that you chose. So I chose the book um, Think and Grow Rich by um, Napoleon Hill. Um, it's just basically a book over how people have like gotten over like failures and poverty and just generally bad things and have been able to overcome that kind of stuff and grow rich, just as the book so says. So it sounds like this is not one of those... Um, get rich quick type of books it sounds like it has more to do with growth yeah it has it definitely well it has a little bit of like advice in there on how to be wealthy yeah. most of that advice is directly related to growing yourself and becoming more proactive and yeah yeah so you're looking at all these books on amazon and you come across this book. You look through the, the title chapters and stuff. Why why this one? What's your connection here? Uh, I'll be honest. When I first saw it, the reason why I chose it because I liked how the cover looked. Oh, yeah? <laughs> Which, uh, I mean, it's kind of, kind, of, kind of a weird reason, but I just kind of like the look of the cover. So I thought, you know what? I'm going to ch- ch- click this book. Looks looks all right. You know, design is so important. I think that's underestimated because if you just saw that same book cover with a boring title on it. I probably wouldn't have clicked it, no. Yeah. And then check it out. So when you write your book, make sure <laughs> make sure you hire a professional book jacket designer. Yeah. Because that you could write the next chapter to think and grow rich then. Yep. Um. So what is what is something that you've pulled out of this, you've gleaned out, that you feel like you're actually using in your everyday life somehow? So um, one of the biggest like uh, discussion points in the book is how you need to be able to communicate with other people in order to be successful uh-huh. and how that's like one of, if not possibly the most vital skill when it comes to stuff like business, yeah, is just being able to have a steady, good conversation with somebody. Yeah, and it also talks about how, when it comes to business discussions, you need to make sure you're the dominant one in the conversation. You need to have control over the conversation. Uh, you need to be, you need to articulate stuff better than the other person. Mm-hmm. Which usually, if you're in control of all those things that will result in a better business deal and he'll typically be seen as the i guess better one in the conversation but what if you're in a situation where you're talking to your boss you just got a new job you're making a minimum wage or some other money do you still want to come across as that dominant one or should you be more submissive in a case like that, uh, he had an example of that in here. In, in a case like that where you're trying to get a job, you kind of want to be both in a way. You want to, like, 
make your boss happy and you want to show that your boss that you're excited you're you you want to work in that field you want yeah, to prove yeah. that you want to work in that field and at the same time you also don't want to be completely like kissing your boss's shoe right and show that you have a personality of your own and that you are strong-willed a, yeah and a vital and can be a vital part of the company yeah now if i'm not mistaken you might be going in for a job interview soon uh, actually, yeah, I, I applied recently at, uh, where is it? Uh, pet supply plus, I think it's yeah, yeah. Yeah, the pet, the pet store down there. Cause they're looking for stuff. Uh, actually I did have an interview not too long ago. Really? A, Tell us a, about it. <laughs> well, I didn't exactly end up going to the interview oh. because, uh, it was, uh, it was at Wendy's and I, I walked into the Wendy's immediately heard the environment and saw the people working there in the place and just walked out. Why do the, you think that is? The work environment there was just not very good. It was f- when I walked in there, people were blasting their music. They they were being being slow about everything. There was a line of I'd say about ten or so people just waiting at the counter alone because nobody was even at the counter. They were just talking to other people that were working there. And so I figured, yeah, I don't think this this work environment is really gonna not something you want to be a part of. Mm-mm. So I what about this out. other one then? This other one I'm really interested in mainly because I like animals. Yeah. And uh, I figured that it would be a decent place to work at because... So is there an interview scheduled there? Not yet. I, I just applied. I'm waiting for okay. a feedback on my... So uh, when you go in for that, based on what you're learning in this book or elsewhere, really, mm-hmm. how are you going to uh, prepare for that when you go in for that interview? I guess... I kind of prepared for the Wendy's interview too because I, I I didn't expect it to be like as bad as it was in there. I I, I kind of just sat down with myself and tried to think what kind of questions would be asked in an interview like mm-hmm. that at that place. Mm-hmm. And what I would do is I would I had uh, two small sets of note cards. Mm-hmm. I would have a uh, question written on one and then a response written on back. And then from there it it wouldn't be anything like too full fledged. It would t- be kind of like a topic. Yeah, and yeah. then from there Bullet I would, point. yeah, I would evolve my discussion point and how I would respond to that around that top uh, topic or bullet point I came up with, and what I what I would do from there is use that as a base for my interview and how I would prepare for that. I can tell you that you are already more prepared than probably ninety eight percent of the candidates going in there. <laughs> so yeah. I think yeah, I think you have yeah. a really good shot at it. I think if you go in and you're yourself. And you show that, just like you talked about, mm-hmm. that you're uh, willing to do the work and still a pleasant and able to communicate that mm-hmm. you mentioned earlier. Those soft skills are, uh, you know, under underestimated, undervalued. Um, is there anything else you want to add about this book? Things that stand out to you? Um, Maybe something that surprised you? I think I've went over everything that really, like, really, really stuck out to me. But uh, one, one of, the, I guess, one of the um, big points of this book is that uh, he doesn't exactly, he doesn't tell you what you need to do actually to uh, think and grow rich. Instead, he says you will read through this book, and at one point, it will click, and you will realize what you need to do in huh. order to be successful. All right. Very good. Well, anything else you want to add? Um, nope. Awesome. Thanks for being on, Connor. Thank you. And we are here live now 
with Emily. And Emily, you just selected a textbook. Well, it's not really a textbook, but you were given the opportunity to pick any book to better yourself. Tell us uh, what book you chose and why you chose this one. I chose the book Be Fearless because it has five like life-changing rules that you should learn so you can do better in life. Okay. So is fear something that you've had a problem with before that you're looking to remedy? Yeah, a little bit. I just wanted to like better myself, so I picked a book that I thought could help. And and I know that like even I get nervous before I even do a podcast thing like that, and I would imagine that that happens to others as well. Does that happen to you too? Uh, yes, very much. <laughs> <laughs> well, I appreciate you being on anyways, and uh, and hopefully it's not too fearful. But um, So first question, when you started reading this textbook, what, what was something that really stood out to you? Um, I think the first chapter like stood out to me the most in this book, just because it's like telling you to start right where you're at. And where are you at right now? Well, I think I'm like, I don't know, the books kind of like helped me like with like the life-changing things, but I don't really know where I'm at right now. So I know uh, one of the things I had looked at in your notes here um, was don't think you aren't smart enough to try. And what what does that mean? I think, like, you should just go for it. Like, in the book, it says, like, you shouldn't be scared to try things even if you think you can't do it. Like, if you don't think you're smart enough, just try because you might actually be able to do it even if you didn't think you were. Just like you're able to be on the podcast. Yeah. Yeah, just like that. Okay. Um, And if... If somebody else is looking at books, and uh, I'd like to do this kind of thing in the future where I say, okay, pick your own textbook, um, what uh, what advice would you have or would you recommend this book to somebody else and why? Yeah, I'd recommend this book to people who want to like better themselves with hearing other people's personal stories because yeah. that's like a really good book. But I'd say just pick a book that you think will help better yourself. Yeah something personal to them and I think you pick something that is personal to you and I think that's why you like the book yeah it's a pretty good book uh awesome anything else you want to add about the book no that's it awesome thanks Emily okay we're here with Nick and Nick tell us what the name of your book is and why did you pick this of all the books on Amazon Uh, my book is how to argue by Jonathan Herring and I uh, chose this book because uh, mainly I did not know what book I wanted to read, and I do argue a lot, and I argue passionately, and I wanted to be better at that because I do it a lot. So is it more about just being coherent, or is it more about winning every argument that you get into? Uh, it's not about winning every argument, although I do like to win arguments. Yeah. Um, the main goal is to persuade the other person into believing what you believe, right. or at least showing your points, so that way they understand your side of view. So it's reasoning, arguing... Not for the sake of who can be louder necessarily. I'm guessing there's not a chapter called "How to Be the Loudest Arguer." No, no. But what? Give us the premise. What? It, what you've read so far? Give us a quick summary. Um, I've mainly read different tactics and ways to argue, and when not to argue, and when to argue, and how to preserve an argument rather than to just start yelling at one another. Ah. Now, when you say preserve an argument, you mean keep it. Uh, productive and ongoing 
um, yes. And in a way that the other person can see what you're trying to get across and not making something personal. So have you found yourself in situations since you started reading this book where you actually used some of the tactics that this book teaches? Um, yes, I would say multiple times. Yes. <laughs> so you are learning how to argue powerfully, persuasively, and positively. Um, what else, uh, what else is in the book that really stands out to you? Just ignore that bell. We don't care about bells here. Um, one thing that stands out to me the most is that it really emphasizes on avoiding a lot of arguments rather than going into them because, um, a lot of arguments really aren't worth getting into, um, which hurts to know because I, I like to argue about taking every battle you can find. I'd like to stand up for what I believe in and things like that and really getting my opinion across. But sometimes I know it's really not worth it and I really should just leave it alone. Well, let me tell you that I love that you feel very passionate about different subjects and that you're willing to get into the arguments about that. But I'm also glad to hear that you're learning that some of them are not worth it. What makes one argument worth it and not the next one? There are a lot of situations where um, somebody can be persuaded, and that is definitely something that makes an argument worth to have. Um, If you want somebody to see your side of you, um, some people will just totally ignore it and act like it doesn't exist whatsoever and that's a situation where you don't want to go into and so I mean it, it depends on almost the person or the situation it is um, and a lot of people will, like try to make things personal and you really want to stray away from things like that right so argue with me for a second I'm thinking of doing this textbook choose your own textbook thing next year convince me that I should do that I would say that is a very good idea, considering the majority of your students that had done that this year had positive reviews about it and said that they had learned and gained a lot of experience from it, and it gave them something to do and something to better themselves with throughout the school year. That's pretty, that's pretty strong. Um, would you put yourself in that category? Yes, very much so. Yeah, good. Um, is there anything else you want to add about the book? I definitely suggest somebody to read it if they felt very passionate about a lot of different subjects something we should keep in the library yeah very good all right thanks nick for being on yep and now we are sitting here with noah hello and noah tell us uh what book did you read what when you got to select your own textbook um i chose the book start with why and uh what what's the premise of this book Well, the premise of this book, a lot of it goes off of a marketing strategy at the beginning, actually, and just different ways to encourage people around you so that they're as excited about as you are and what this man that wrote the book, Simon Sinek, um, felt was the consistently best way of successful people for their business to work out. So when when you read this book, what stands out to you and you think, Man, like that's really happening either in my life or in Grit Nine, anything. Well, I liked the he had this little chart thing. It was a bigger circle with two circles that slowly got smaller, and in the middle circle, it said why. Like, why are you doing this? First of all, you need to explain why you're doing this so people around you understand what they're doing. Then the second circle said how. So. How do you plan to do this? What are your steps? Lay them out. And your third one was, what are you doing? That's the, well, it's obviously important 
for what you're doing, but it's less important though to explain because if people understand why you're doing something and how to do it, they're not going to care what they're doing as much. Yeah. But if you explain it backwards, say, well, we're going to do this, they're going to be like, well, how? And then they're going to just be questioning you the whole time when you're trying to explain. So do you see yourself applying that? Um, at first, I didn't. But then I realized at work, it actually has came into play lately. Um, my boss moved back to New York, and he's kind of packing up right now. So it's actually just a bunch of high schoolers kind of run the show back there. So And, and just to interrupt, where do you work at, and um, where is this at? Alan Knott. We detail cars in the back. So a car dealership. Yes. So everyone kind of argues over which way would be the best to do it. And I actually was like, I might as well give it a shot. And if you explain, well, let's do this car first and explain why we should do it first instead of saying, just do that car first and listen to me. Because no one's going to listen to a different high school student because everyone feels that they're superior back there at this point. Yeah. And if you explain, well, if we get this car done first, this car is due a half an hour earlier, and then we can double team this car even though it's probably going to take us longer. But both of us work on the same time. We can get it done faster. Yeah. So what do you what is something about this book that you know now that you wish you would have known before? Um, when you're trying to get somebody to do something with you, whether it's at work, whether it's to get a buddy to the gym, get a buddy to practice a sport with you, don't just tell them to come with you, be like, Okay, I'll be at this time, you can come if you want. Give them a reason to come with you. Like one of my buddies that I've actually been going to the gym with a lot lately, I always, I've been inviting him for years, but he's always turned me down. But now we're going to Florida together. So I was like, hey, you're not going to let me look good in Florida and you're not going to look good next to me. So now he's coming every day with me. So <laughs> give them a reason to come. Don't just tell them to come. Right, right. So this whole choose your own textbook, it's kind of an adventure in itself. Uh, what do you think about this whole thing? Do you think this is a, a worthwhile pursuit or is this just a big old waste of time? Well, at first I wasn't 100% sure and I was like, is it really worth it to get the books, especially with all the stuff coming up and we've been talking about new marketing strategy and possibly doing stuff at the Allen County Ferris next year. But I realized in reading this book, I feel like it's prepared me more for this in the long run. So at first I felt like, okay, I'm wasting my time. But as I get further, I'm like, I'll actually use this in life. and I'm glad I'm reading this. Do you like reading? I do not. So when you read this, do you feel like I'm being forced to, like, oh, I got to do my assignment thing? And be honest, I mean, it's fine if that is. Um, honestly, initially I did. I was like, I don't want to read this. But then as I got into it, every chapter is a new story, essentially. Like the first chapter, it talks about how the Wright brothers were um, outnumbered. There was the best scientist in the world that had much more money and much more resources and they got the job done first just because they knew how to inspire the people around them so everyone was as dedicated as them and they ended up being the first people to fly a plane and do that that's a fantastic story I love yes. that story I do love that story I've, I've heard it before but I've never heard it in that type of detail on why it worked and yeah. I just thought that was pretty interesting to read about yeah uh, is there anything else you want to add um not really. I just think that hit all the main points of it so far, and I think in the long run it's a pretty good book to read, and if you have the free time, you should probably read it. Awesome. Thanks all right. for being on. All right. Thank you. Okay, we are now live with Anna Marie. Hi, Anna Marie. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> we are on air. Blink, blink. On air. <laughs> 
<laughs> on air. So you got yourself a textbook, a choose-your-own textbook. And what did you pick, and why did you pick this book? I picked out Get Out of Your Head and Into Your Life because it was more of a personal book to me. It, uh, like, it kind of drew my attention because it's. I feel like it's one of the biggest things that I struggle with. So, yeah. Is this... Did you when you look through the chapters and stuff, as you start to read through this, what is standing out to you? What is making you think, "Wow, this is good stuff"? Um, there's a few things. So there's some basic, like, not really tips, but kind of things he tells you to like think through when you're doing stuff. So one of the things is um, saying that I am willing or I am unwilling. Um, so, like, if you want to make a change, you have to be willing to make that change or go through the steps to make that change. And so it's kind of like a self-check and saying, am I willing to do all of this so that I can make this change for myself? So can you walk us through an example that you've personally used that example or something similar to that? Um, the change you're trying to make or... So one of the biggest changes is that I'm trying to make is kind of being uh, more healthy, I guess you could say, which mm -hmm. is a typical thing um, because I have a pretty weak stomach. So I wanted, I wanted to go through a change to eat better, to work out better, to just uh -huh. like make myself feel better. And um, I mean, I've, like I'm like constantly thinking about it. I'm like I should do this. I should do this. I should do this. But after reading this, I realized I am actually unwilling to go through everything to make that change because, um, like the biggest thing I struggle with is dairy. So I am unwilling <laughs> to stop eating dairy in order to not have the issues with my stomach that I do. And I am unwilling to make the time to go to the gym or go for a run or anything like that so now you're aware of what you're unwilling to do are you therefore going to sh transition or shift that into the wheeling category like you still have to make the change yeah um what do you I, do i don't know like i'm i want to be willing but there's always an excuse as to why i can't go do it or i won't go do it where I've got this or this or this. I think there's a lot of progress being made there in terms of recognizing that that's the problem itself yeah. and being able to articulate that. So even though you may still be a little unwilling to make those necessary changes, the fact that you're aware of them, right? The first step is admitting that we have a problem, yeah. right? <laughs> Isn't that how one of those smart sayings goes? Yeah. Um, so uh, what else? You're, you're getting into other parts of the book now. Um, what are the other parts that you're getting into that uh, really impact you? Um, I think my favorite quote from the book was, he says, your future is not an answer to your present. So I personally for myself, I think, well, I'll just, I want to, be this in the future because I'm this now and but it's not necessarily an answer so like if I were to say oh I need to pay for this well I'll have a job then so I can worry about it then but it's not an answer to like what's happening now because I don't have a job now right 
Right. Well, and theoretically, I don't have a job now. Right. But in reality, you do. I do. You do have a job. And, and for your job, in relation to this book, uh, do you find yourself at work applying any of these things? I mean, you're sitting there doing your job with the, tell us about what you do with your job and then how you're applying something from this book in there. Um, I think the, the thing that I've applied most for this was actually um, like applying for the job because I went mm. through, I've went through like a year and a half and I was like, I need to get a job, I need to get a job. And in your head, you just yeah, kept, yeah. I just kept thinking about it, but I only applied to one place in that year and a half. And then I was like, okay, I need a job and I'm going to. So I went through and I applied to, I think, two places. And then mm-hmm. the one finally like responded back to me and I was like, okay. And so I went in for the interview and I got the job right there on the smack. Yes. <laughs> And so now I work at Mellow Cream, and I basically take the donuts, and <laughs> I separate them into different orders. Yeah. And I think there's another part in here that says that you are wired to win. So anything you do in your life, whether it's good to good or bad, your brain automatically, like, you're, like, wired to do that. Thrives on it. Yeah. So even if it's a bad thing it's like well I'm like it's just constantly I guess if you think about it because I don't know like you're just your brain is just like yeah that's supposed to happen yeah so it's like you're just winning at that that's why the chemicals fire when we win something yeah and I think that I apply that because you know you may make a mistake at work but I guess I don't know in a way I was wired to be like okay well i made a mistake it happens and just and and from an outsider perspective i don't know if you realize how big of a win it is like your book get out of your head and into your life you were saying for a year and a half i need to get a job need to get a job you did it do you realize that you did it that you got (laughs) out of your head and decided i've got to take action and actually live my life for positive or negative and so congratulations on doing that to some people they might think of it as a menial job i think it is a Mm. job to take pride in Mm. so great job thank you um are there other things that stand out to you anything you want to add no i think that's it awesome well thanks for being on anna marie and we'll talk to you soon Well, I hope you enjoyed these interviews as much as I did performing them. And join us on the next podcast where we have yet to decide a topic. Thanks. See you then.